Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Nature Jobs podcast. I'm Julie Gould. This month we're focusing on women in science. We've got our first guest reporter, Harini Bharath, finding out more about how two freelance journalists in India are shining a spotlight on the many challenges that female scientists face there. When they bring up any kind of issue, you know, maybe if it's about sexual harassment or it's about there aren't as many women in the room as there are men, they are almost bullied into being a feminist and really we need to talk about this. And David Payne speaks to Christina Lotelso, the first female winner of the UK Academy of Medical Sciences Fuchs Foundation Medal, about her career and those who influenced her. What we just need to think about is our lifestyle and uh, and I think that's really what it is and the important thing is that we all manage to uh, generate and live through the lifestyle that works for us and that fits with us. And so that's how the veggies fit in so well, because they're a wonderful break. At the same time, I do grew them with this old colleague of mine, and I will not lie to you, we do talk about science while we collect courgettes sometimes, but not always. Ashima Dogra and Nandita Jaraj met when they worked together on the Indian science magazine Brainwave. Sadly, the company that owned the title folded at the end of 2015, but instead of going their separate ways, the two freelance science writers launched Life of Science, a blogging platform focused on Indian women in science. Our guest reporter, Harini Barath, asks them about the project and how it got off the ground. Ashima begins by telling Harini about the very first interview she did for the Life of Science. So this is how it started. The first interview that we did was in Kalimpong, which is in the northeast of the country, just where the Himalayas begin. I met uh, Natasha Gurung, who is only one of the two scientists working in the Indian Agricultural Research Institute office in this region. Around the same time, Nandita met somebody in the south and wrote a piece and we got a website together and we started publishing and we have been doing one article every week since then. That sounds like such a spontaneous beginning. You didn't go for the top institutes or well-known names. Was this a deliberate choice? 
we were interested in hearing what the average story of a woman in science is and there are hundreds thousands of women who are doing research you know quietly in labor laboratories they might have to uh, spend 50% of their time teaching but they still do research with very little support and publish papers on a very large scale in india so who are these people who are doing science and who we are not hearing about who are these thousands of students starting phd's every year and what is happening in the laboratories of our own backyard so to find out these stories we felt it was important to go to the smaller institutes to the uh, state universities and to a lot of places where the newspapers don't really write about wonderful some of your most engaging stories are brought directly from science labs or field sites where these scientists are working ashima can you tell us uh, how you get access to their labs yes most of the time we while we are in their office asking them uh, these questions uh, about their life in science and their science we will at the end of the interview ask them if they would like to show us their lab and if we could take some pictures there for the readers to see where it is that this science is happening yeah at some point we figured that it's nicer to take the reader into the space to sort of sum up your experiences over the last 2 years could you tell us a few things that you've learned about women in science in india from all the interviews and maybe ashima could start and nandita could go next yes so the first thing uh, about indian women in science from phd level higher you go more women are dropping out and this is called in the business <laughs> a leaky pipeline and um, there are various reasons for this and this is basically what we need to if we're going to do something about this and make indian science an equal space we have to uh, plug the pipeline and yeah the simplest solution that a lot of the women have proposed uh, for this is to have more women in leadership positions in scientific institutions in the government in the granting bodies and if we have more women on top we will have more women throughout this seems to be uh, important view third of all there is the risk of you being branded a feminist and i think this is gruesome and we have heard from students who are confessing that when they bring up any kind of issue you know maybe if it's about sexual harassment or it's about there aren't as many women in the room as there are men they are almost bullied into being a feminist and really we need to talk about this yes because women are not don't have the space to say their views and uh, there is nobody on the top to pull them up and uh, something unique to india uh, maybe it's not unique but we find this quite a bit is the two body problem uh, and this is a serious concern because this is a institutionally institutional policy that you cannot um, hire a couple i think at a policy level uh, there is no written rule that couples can't be hired but i think a lot of institutes in india sort of have these unwritten hiring policies 
uh, amongst the boards that they don't want to hire couples because it could get complicated down the road. Uh, I'm not sure of this, but I think that might be the case. And because of the societal patriarchal, uh, you know, family system, it is mostly uh, the woman who sacrifices her uh, science and her research uh, for the family. And this is something that we're really uh, talking about a lot and uh, making a case for getting rid of. I would just like to add that another thing that has uh, come up, I don't, I, I wouldn't say that this is one of our findings, but this is definitely something that is being uh, realized in the past two years, possibly because of the, you know, science communication spurt that is happening. That sexual harassment is a real problem in uh, Indian academia and uh, more and more of these are being uh, reported. Something I need to add with the sexual harassment point is that it's a very hush-hush topic. They don't want to talk about this, especially not to journalists, but but, uh, they don't want to talk about it, period. Like, I mean, the higher, higher ups. So clearly there's a lot more to be done. In moving forward, one of the things that is important and uh, will really help is to hear the stories of women. Um, I think listening is really the first step and uh, you have definitely enabled it uh, through your website. So what impact do you think the life of science has had in the conversation so far? Can I ask Nandita to take this? We are for sure turning heads like we, I, I I think we have helped get the name of a number of scientists into the minds of not just the regular public, but even some of the higher up names, even the big people who are organizing conferences and, you know, in in position of some power, because we have got requests from people who are organizing conferences to suggest the name of um, some women scientists who work in this area or something of that sort. And um, Recently, the government of India just appointed a new principal scientific advisor, Dr. K. Vijay Raghavan. And um, Dr. Vijay called us up a few weeks back when he had just been appointed and said, um, can you send me a couple of your women in science calendars? He had the idea of gifting them to the president of India when he pays him a visit. It, It may not sound like much, but it does send a strong message and that that calendar had the names of 13 women scientists. That's fantastic. So thank you so much both of you for sharing your views and your uh, story with us and I really hope there's better days for women in science to look forward to. Personally I really look forward to lots more exciting and inspiring science stories. Thank you. Thanks Harini. Thank you to Harini Barath, Nandita Jaraj and Ashima Dogra. In 2017, Christina Lotelso became the first woman to be awarded the UK Academy of Medical Sciences Fawkes Foundation Medal, which is awarded to a scientist who has shown outstanding achievements in research within 10 years of being awarded their PhD. David Payne, our Chief Careers Editor, caught up with Christina to find out more about her career in science and about those who have fuelled her love for the subject.
So I'm joined today by Christina Lochelso. Hello, Christina. Hi. It's uh, it's really great to to meet you finally in person. And um, when the prize was announced by the UK Academy of Medical Sciences late last year, they described you as an amazing Italian scientist working in London on groundbreaking leukaemia research. But they also added that you grow courgettes on your friend's allotment when you have time away from the lab. And uh, for those of you that don't know, an allotment is a piece of land for growing your own veg. But I can say hand on heart, Christina, that that's the first time a press officer has tried to in- has included a detail like that in a, in, a, in, a, in a communication with nature jobs. So I'm going to have to start by asking you about the courgettes. They're amazing. They grow so well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, it's something that I really enjoy doing. I started it a few years ago. I must admit, starting an independent research group was a massive challenge. And uh, this friend of mine recommended me to maybe in some free time start growing a little bit of veggies and be out in the fresh air, enjoy the oxygen and enjoy the reward of things that grow within just a few weeks or a few months. And so I started and I really became addicted and uh, I really enjoy it. So. And you do it with a colleague or a former colleague, I believe, yes. don't you? Yes. 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 And um, so there is a serious side to this. And, you know, uh, work life balance is a is a really important topic for nature jobs. Um, and um, I know that obviously the, the Academy of Medical Sciences sort of included that detail about you because they have a campaign running called hashtag MedSciLive. So could you tell us a little bit about that? So, yes, I think the balance is very important. What I actually like to think about more than work and life balance, which in a way puts work on one side and life on the other, and they're sort of opposing parts of what we are. Um, a friend of mine told me maybe what we just need to think about is our lifestyle. And uh, and I think that's really what it is. And the important thing is that we all manage to uh, generate and live through the lifestyle that works for us and that fits with us. And so that's how the veggies fit in so well, because they're a wonderful break. At the same time, I do grow them with this old colleague of mine, and I will not lie to you, we do talk about science while we collect courgettes sometimes, but not always. Um, and and that is the thing, you know, I, I visit a lot of friends who I know through my PhD or through my postdoc time, and sometimes we find ourselves, we are talking about science at 2 a.m., just, you know, having something nice to drink, and that's really what keeps us going. Um, and at the same time, sometimes... Rarely, yes, but it still happens. I may leave early and go off to see an exhibition and and see something else. So I find the important thing is to have the time to do the things that are that make you happy, really. And and those are the things that are important to you. And and there will be a range of things. And I find if I just stay in the lab and do science and do nothing else, actually, that's where creativity gets a little bit stifled. And so instead, by moving around and doing other things, a lot of the times when you just let your mind relax and wander, uh, that's when the good ideas come up. Um, what struck me when we first met was, you know, I was we, we, we talked about mentorship and you've had some important mentors in your career, um, hopefully that sort of, you know, inspired you to, to win this very prestigious award at the end of last year. So tell me about some of those. So, yes, well, all the people I have been working with have influenced me one way or the other. Uh, for sure, the main people that have been really role models and, and uh, amazing mentors and amazing teachers have been during my PhD, Professor Fiona Watt, um, partly because being a woman in science, partly because being an amazing scientist, she really has been, you know, one of those people that make you think, yes, this is possible. I can do this. <laughs> people can do this. This exists. Um, and she has a family, too. And it's a big family, actually. And she does lots of things as well. So it was it was really nice to see. So um, I'm hearing your Italian accent. I know family is very important uh, in Italy. Um, there was another influence, I believe, and that was your that was your grandfather, your Sicilian grandfather. So tell me yes. about him. He was a doctor all his life. He's, the main thing he did was um, after World War II, he w- 
was called to a small town in Sicily to really start the hospital and run it there. He also had some very touching stories because he, he worked as a doctor through the war as well. And uh, he was sent to Russia. And I will always remember especially one story that he used to tell at lunchtime when we would meet on Sunday every once in a while. And uh, he was uh, he was a surgeon. And he remembered having to do surgery in the middle of the night with just um, matches, making a little bit of light because there was no electricity. And uh, he had to amputate the arm of a soldier who had happened to be a violinist. And so this person could never play music again, but he did save his life. And it was in this, you know, freezing cold, no electricity, no nothing. And uh, they were really touching stories. And so, again, it, it, it gave me the, I guess, the interest into doing something that does impact people's lives and, and helps. Um, he was also very good at reminding me that you, you do need to have a balance. And so, yes, studying is important and doing work is important, but you also need to do what keeps you happy and, and gets you going outside of, of work. So yes. he was an influence on, on many levels. The relationship with family is very important. And of course, we keep in touch. And, you know, I come from an Italian family, so we're in touch all the time anyway. There is no doubt about that. Um, the very nice thing of it is that there is a sense of purpose anyway in what you do, which also really highly motivates you to do good to do good research and to have an impact because, of course, they follow you from far apart and they miss you, but they're also so proud of you. And so it, it all works out. Yes. And so ending on your career, obviously, you've won this prestigious medal. So uh, congratulations again on that. And, and, so, and, and so on a, from a career perspective, you know, what, what's next for you now? Um, I guess more research <laughs> and uh, we, you know, every time you do an experiment or, or you complete a project, in reality, you're opening a whole lot of new doors and, and new questions. So there will always be more things that we want to understand. For sure, what we have started to do is um, research that can be translated into an impact with the patients. And so the one angle that I would really like to see start growing in my research is to be not only at the bench and doing the very understanding, the very fundamental aspects uh, of bone marrow biology, but also start a more translational arm of research that I hope will bring me back closer to the clinic and, uh, and ideally start to investigate how can we really bring this knowledge to a point where it can really have an effect on patients. Great. Thank you, Christina. Thanks, David and Christina. You can read more about Christina's career influences on the Nature Jobs blog. Now, this month, we've also got a top careers tip from Nana Lee, the Director and Assistant Professor Teaching Stream for Graduate Professional Development at the University of Toronto in Canada. Before starting this role, Nana also worked in industry. Not only that, but she also has three small children. The top tip that I want to provide today is this concept about moving in and out of academia and industry, and also balancing a career with having a family, because I have three children. And both of these concepts can actually be answered under the same category of career transitions. Whether you want to move into industry, move back into academia, or integrate children, they all require the essential core competencies of flexibility, actively seeking mentors, and creativity. For example, transitioning from an academic postdoc to industry requires being flexible with the research and team environment, making connections through informational interviews and networking, and being creative in finding the market need which aligns with your interests. Having children also requires the flexibility to integrate more responsibilities with career goals, which themselves could change after, actively seeking other moms or dads to ask for their advice, 
and being creative to fit the existing job or even propose a modified or a new job to integrate your changes. So to recap, the top three tips are flexibility, mentorship, and creativity. Thanks, Nana. Now, don't forget, if you've got a science career question that you would like an answer to, then please do send it in and we will do our best to find a career expert to answer it for you. And that's all we've got time for in this month's podcast. But next month, I'll be bringing you some snippets from last month's Orpheus conference in Iceland. For now, you can catch up on all the other nature jobs and nature careers adventures on the website, on Twitter and on Facebook. Thanks for listening. I'm Julie Gould. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.